Rich Eisen. Yeah, it's Carl Mecklenburg. What's up? This is Ty Lawson. This is Jordan Hamilton from the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to Colorado Sports Guys Podcast. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my people of the interwebs. This is Nate Timmons coming to you sort of live on this Christmas day. I will be your host and co-host for the Colorado Sports Guys podcast number 86 because it's Christmas Day and Ross Martin has been sent out on assignment. I put him on a bus. I put him in his uh, his little Audi, whatever it was, and I sent him to Los Angeles to cover the Nuggets at Clippers game tonight. So hopefully he is... Um, there and hopefully he got his tickets ready for the game at Staples Center, which is going to be uh, later today. Which you got to watch Nuggets Clippers. Anyway, we got a lot to uh, get to this afternoon, or this morning, or this evening, whenever you want to listen to this. But I got to get to some stuff. We're going to be uh, talking Nuggets basketball, of course. We're going to throw a little movie talk in here as well, and we got some Broncos talk because Denver had a nice little game against Cleveland Browns. One more left on the season, but before we get into that, talking on your own is kind of hard, but man, let's get to it here. Before we get into all that stuff, remember, uh, go to our ColoradoSportsGuys.com page, click on the Amazon banner at the top of that page, and do your normal shopping. If you do that, you'll be helping support the Colorado Sports Guys podcast as we get a little kickback, but it's no extra cost to you. If you're doing a little uh, late Christmas shopping, that'll really help you out, too. You can find us on Twitter at C-O-L-O Sports Guys. Write us on there. Follow us. Whatever you do on Twitter, tweet it up. You can even call us. Leave us a, a voicemail. You can text the show. If it's uh, any good, maybe we'll read it on here. Maybe we won't, but that's going to be 720-722-1274. Once again, if you want to call us, if you want to text us, whatever you do on the telephone, do that at 720-722-1274. You can even go to Facebook and find us on there. Interact with us uh, via that social media, which is pretty special as well. People love it. You go there, you like us, do whatever you do on Facebook, and that's it. But I'm coming at you guys today solo. I mean, it's a very uh, Bill Burr-esque approach. And this is actually harder than I thought. I'm sitting here going, man, I think I'm going to run out of breath. It's not that I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. It's just I don't get that nice break to uh, suck down some sweet oxygen and let Ross rap poetically on the other side of this. But, uh, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. And, you know, it's kind of funny is I've been listening a lot to the Monday morning podcast with Bill Burr. And then I, uh, like I like to do with podcasts, I like to ramble about them to other people and tell them what I've been listening to and what's great. And it always starts off with, hey, do you know who Bill Burr is? And people are like, no, I have no idea who Bill Burr is. And I'm like, how do you not know Bill Burr? He's a, a pretty phenomenal stand-up comedian. And Ross actually informed me last week that Bill Burr has been doing his podcast since like 2007. So that guy's deep in the podcasting game. 
But I don't know. People don't really listen to him, which I find very surprising. But his podcast is great. He talks a little sports. He answers emails. And it's good for a laugh. So maybe maybe check that out if you want, if you don't want. But uh, I'm, I'm doing this little podcast today before I um, go see a, a very special movie on Christmas. Uh, for a little personal story for everybody, I actually started my Christmas celebration, 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 whatever it is, uh, on Friday, which was, seems like forever ago now, but I guess it was the 21st of December, started off my Christmas celebrating by driving to Fraser, Colorado to have a weekend filled Christmas with my mom and my stepdad who live up there in the mountains in one of the coldest cities you'll ever enter. It's freezing up there, but their house was nice and warm. They had the heat cranking. But uh, I did Christmas up there with my parents, my uh, two sisters, and my uncle Jim, who is a longtime Bronco season ticket holder, along with my parents. So we talked a little sports, you know, ate a lot of food, unwrapped a lot of gifts, all that good stuff. And then uh, I drove back down here Sunday to drop off my uncle and my sister at the uh, Invesco field for the Broncos-Browns game. So they got to go to that one along with our ticket winners. Uh, I don't know what their names were. Ryan, and Kevin, something like that. I don't know. Ross had it last week. He did a great job of uh, giving away his season tickets to the game last week. Uh, I haven't even talked to Ross because he's been driving to Los Angeles for this Nuggets game tonight. So I haven't even gotten to speak with him about uh, if our guests had a good time at the game. I'm sure he's been in communication. I stay out of that. I let Ross, you know, really dig his nails into that kind of uh, stuff on the podcast. So anyway, that's uh, what happened Sunday. I drove back down here, and then I went, uh, drove to a sports bar to watch the Broncos game with a bunch of my buddies. After we got done with that game, then I had to drive to my dad's house out in Elizabeth, Colorado. So uh, then I got done there, went to my, my grandma's house for my dad's side of the family last night. Christmas Eve is when we've been, uh, when we celebrate Christmas there. So I've done like a Colorado tour. I was in Fraser, I was in Elizabeth, I was in Park Hill, and now I'm back in Aurora. And, you know, I thought maybe my Christmas was going to be done today, that I didn't have anything to do, but I'm actually going to be going to uh, meet up with um, my sister and my uncle, my aunt, and my cousin. We're going to go see Django Unchained, the new Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Christoph Waltz movie. Christoph, that's a great name. But we're going to go see this movie uh, to break, uh, I don't know, sometime this afternoon, about 3 o'clock, something like that, at some theater somewhere on this snowy Christmas day. I'm excited to see this movie. looks great. Uh, Christoph Waltz was amazing in Inglorious Bastards, and he was also good in Water for Elephants, which, um, you know, I could get made fun of for liking that movie, just like most of the movies I like, because that movie's pretty, you know, out there. Pretty uh, relationshipy. It's with that dude Robert Pattinson and Reese Witherspoon are the main characters. Anyway, whatever. But I'm excited to see Django Unchained. I'm wondering if it's going to be like Inglorious Bastards. Is there going to be just a ton of violence in this thing? I don't know. But I'm excited to see it. Love Jamie Foxx. He did a great job. Uh, one of my favorite roles of his was Steeman Willie Beeman in Any Given Sunday. That was phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I wish Ross was here to talk for a while. But I'm going to be going to see that, so that's what I'm doing with my Christmas. Um, I like that. 
uh, I kind of like celebrating. I mean, I've had like a, I don't know. We we celebrate. This is as close to Hanukkah as you can get for people that celebrate Christmas. It's like I said, I've been celebrating Christmas since the 21st of December. So I'm just going through it. Days of it. Days of Christmas everywhere. I've seen, you know, four or five different Christmas trees. I've seen presents everywhere. I've seen my my little cousins. Uh, I don't think I have nieces and nephews. So I've seen cousins open presents, grandparents, or grandparent. Got one of those left. And, uh, you know, it's been nice. It's been good. And I'm going to keep it going today with a little Django Unchained. I watched Semi-Pro last night. Very underrated Will Smith movie. That thing was fantastic. But uh, anyway, that's about all I got going. We're going to come back. We're, because I'm just saying, me and the spirit of Ross Martin are going to come back and we are going to talk. I should just stop saying we're, because I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk a little bit of Nuggets basketball and even some NBA basketball, because there's a ton of games on today. We'll get into that when I come back. Christmas is two gold front teeth and ten carat diamonds on a fat gold wreath that I can wear around my neck. Get money and respect. Tell Santa Claus to bring a ten million dollar check so I can spread a little cheer. Fly a couple lids, eat a little chicken, drink a couple beers, kick back and just chill like a player would do. Remix all the Christmas carols, then I'll play them for you. Luda, turn it up until I wake up all the neighbors. They say that I'm a nuisance, but I say they all some haters. Welcome back to the podcast. That was my dude Ludacris with a little Luda Christmas from the movie Fred Claus back in 2007. And I can play that because Ross is not here to ruin my wonderful Christmas rap songs. Once again, uh, Colorado Sports Guys podcast, Ross Martin on assignment. Uh, I sent him to Los Angeles to cover the Nuggets Clippers game. But funny thing is, I did not pay for him to go. He paid his own way because Ross is a salesman. And he sold a bunch of stuff to go, maybe. Maybe that's what he did. Who knows? But anyway, talking a little bit of Nuggets basketball on this Christmas podcast. The Denver Nuggets are in Los Angeles tonight, like I just mentioned, to face the Clippers. Um, but, but, that's not the only game going on today. My DVR is going to be full because, like I mentioned, I'm going to see Django Unchained here uh, in a couple hours so I set up my DVR to record three amazing games today, starting with the New York Knicks at the Los Angeles Lakers. Steve Nash is back for the Lakers. The Knicks are just absolutely rolling this NBA season. They're the number one seed out in the... Oh my God, never mind. They are the number two seed in the Eastern Conference now um, because Miami is rolling. But the Knicks are 20-7, and seven, Miami 18-6. and six. But the Knicks are in Los Angeles to play the surging, should we call a four-game win streak for L.A., surging Lakers. They're 13 and 14. Steve Nash is back. They won a big game with him the other night against the Golden State Warriors. That one went to overtime. 
and that's a tough one for Golden State. Golden State sitting uh, currently is the fifth seed. They're eighteen and ten. They had like a ten point lead in that game, and Los Angeles just came storming back in the fourth quarter as they you know are typically known to do with Kobe Bryant. Uh, some different characters there now, obviously with Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, Anton Jameson. But uh, L.A. came back, tied that thing up on a, a miracle three-pointer by uh, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace in the corner. That was one of the big shots. And then uh, Jarrett Jack for Golden State actually hit a big jumper to tie it and send that thing to overtime uh, the other night. And then uh, in OT, the Lakers just kind of uh, turned it up another notch and beat the Warriors. And that was, I don't know, a tough loss for Golden State. A lot of people are thinking that might... Uh, you know, that, that that win for the Lakers might have propelled them. Uh, people are going to st- have to start worrying about them because they're currently sitting as the 11th seed out west. But they're 13 and 14. Everyone predicted that they would be, you know, either the one seed or the two seed. So if they come on, that's going to push everybody else in the west down, right? I mean, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be that good. But they're only a couple games behind the Nuggets now. Denver 15 and 13. LA again, 13 and 14. So... You have to watch for them, and the Nuggets will get to play them tomorrow in one of the dumbest back-to-back games I've ever seen in my life, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Second game that I'm going to be DVRing is the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Miami Heat. This is just, I got to commend, you know, ABC, ESPN for these games, because this is, if you're a basketball fan, this is a great day of hoops. The only game I'm not going to DVR is Chicago and Houston. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's, that's even a good game. Chicago sitting as the four seed Houston is a six seed. So, I mean, that's, you know, a couple playoff teams, a couple teams playing pretty well right now, but, um, you know, Miami, like I said, 18 and six, they've won four in a row themselves. Oklahoma city thunder were on a little, uh, like a 10 game win streak or something. Uh, they're the one seed out West at 21 and five. Uh, they're heading into Miami for a finals rematch. Oklahoma City lost one uh, the other night, but that uh, that broke up their their nice big fat win streak they had. I believe they lost to Minnesota in a game where the uh, Timberwolves were Timberwolves were up most of that game. And this is another one of those teams, Oklahoma City, that likes to they like to kind of hang around until the fourth quarter. Like if they're going to lose a game or if they're going to play a close game, typically their pattern is they don't, they don't give up a ton of leads, and you don't really come back on them too much. Like, if they're playing with a lead throughout the night, you're going to stay, they're going to stay in the lead the whole game. But on these games that they lose, but a lot of these close games that they, you know, either they win or they lose, it's typically that they're down by like 10 or 15 points throughout the night. And then in the fourth quarter, they somehow, you know, at the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth, they erase that 10 to 15 point lead, and they'll get it down to like, you know, seven or eight points. And then in like the final three minutes or four minutes, they're still down five or six. They always seem to have this magical surge where they just come back. And then they end up winning the game by like, you know, three or four points. But it's like, man, they have these incredible swings in their games. Like you don't see, I guess you see a lot of teams kind of, you know, come back, have comeback nights. But it's a pattern for the Thunder to get down and then have these incredible you know, swings at the end of games to win them. And it's, it sucks a lot of times because a lot of times that happens against the Nuggets and you're like, ah, great. So we just gave that up again. But uh, anyway, Oklahoma City is going to be playing Miami. That's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, hopefully we'll see uh, just like the early game today between Boston and Brooklyn. Maybe we'll see a little fisticuffs in that one, right? Between the good buddies, Kevin Durant and LeBron James. 
I highly doubt it, but that'd be sweet if they did get in a little fight. But I'm going to be DNR, DVRing that game as well. And then, of course, the uh, Nuggets-Clippers game tonight. I'm going to set that for DVR. Don't know if I'm going to watch it live yet, but we'll see. That game's going to be really good as well. The Clippers are the two-seed out west right now. Uh, they're 21-6. and six. Denver, again, 15-13. and 13. Clippers are probably, I mean, they're easily the hottest team in the NBA. If you want to go with the coldest team, you can look at the Charlotte Bobcats. They've lost 15 in a row. But uh, the Clippers, complete opposite of that. They've won 13 in a row. In fact, the last time that they lost was on November the 26th. So they're pretty much riding a month-long win streak right now. So it's going to be very difficult for the Nuggets to go into L.A. and win that one. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking at this win streak by the Clippers, and I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter, a lot of articles like, can the Clippers keep winning games? By the way, Twitter, phenomenal place just to get a feel or a look at hot topics in the NBA because you'll see come through your feed, you know, five or six people writing about the same thing, you know, with hashtagged Clippers or whatever. So that's kind of it's kind of a cool way to, to keep up on the current happenings in the league. But anyway, the Clippers win streak... 13 games, very impressive, but when you start digging into it, not that impressive, really. I mean, they did have a, uh, during the streak, they had a four-game road trip against uh, the Bulls, the Bobcats, uh, the Bucks, and Detroit. You know, that's that kind of Midwest swing, throw Charlotte into the mix. Not totally Midwest, uh, obviously, coastal game, but... Uh, that's a difficult road trip, and they, they went in, won all four of those games. Uh, Chicago and Milwaukee, both teams that are going to be battling for the playoffs out east. But, you know, all in all, in this road trip, or this 13-game this win streak for the Clippers, let's see who they've beaten that's been quality. Minnesota Timberwolves back on November the 28th. That's a quality win. Uh, they beat the Sacramento Kings. They stink. They beat the Utah Jazz in Utah. Very difficult place to play. They won that one uh, by one point. 105-104, so I'd, I'd count that as an impressive win. Uh, they beat Dallas at home. Dallas is a pretty decent team. You know, they're not bad, so that's a, it's a decent win. So I'd give them three quality wins so far. Uh, Phoenix Suns, they stink. Toronto Raptors, they stink. Bulls, Bulls are good, even without Derrick Rose. Uh, very very well-rounded defensive team and a team-oriented offense, which is to say they don't have a superstar. <laughs> Charlotte Bobcats. They stink. Milwaukee Bucks, that's a pretty nice win. Uh, in Detroit, Detroit stinks. Uh, they beat New Orleans. New Orleans can be either tough or terrible. They kind of are, you know, very hot and cold team. Like, they either come out and play a, a very quality game where they can get blown out. So I'm not counting that one. And then they played Sacramento and Phoenix again. Not going to count those. So they've won 13 straight. I'd give five of those quality wins. But that's kind of a mark of a good team in the NBA is being able to beat down the teams you're supposed to beat and then, you know, go like 50-50 against the playoff-type opponents. So Clippers playing very hot, and, you know, it's the same characters for them. It's Blake Griffin leading the team with 18 points a game and about uh, nine rebounds a game as well, so he's close to averaging a double-double. His game's really stepped up this year, too. He's a little bit of a more well-rounded player. He's really been working on a jump shot that's... um you know, still very hit or miss itself, but it's something that he's starting to develop and something that, you know, once he does get that shot down more, just like you'd see back in the day with Kevin Garnett, he wasn't a tremendous shooter until a few years in the league, and then he started to become a very 
locked down or very good at knocking down those little, you know, 15 to 18 foot jumpers. So Blake's starting to get that part going. He's still at his most dangerous when he is high flying, getting out on fast breaks and getting those uh, crowd pleasing alley oops from what they call Lob City. Uh, Jamal Crawford, second leading scorer for them, 16 points a game for him. He's, he's kind of playing a lot of, uh, he's, he's a funny guy. He'll do a lot of, you know, fancy dribbling on offense and trying to create his own shot, trying to get space. Uh, but very good, uh, sixth man for them comes in and can really light it up. Uh, Chris Paul, of course, the amazing point guard. He's averaging, uh, third leading score on that team, 16 points a game and nearly 10 assists a game at 9.6. So you always have to be wary of Chris Paul. Uh, he's also averaging 2.7 steals per game. So Chris Paul, the most dangerous part about him is that he knows how to manage a game. He knows, you know, when to turn it up and when to just kind of coast. And I think some of that has to do with his injury history. He had that torn meniscus. He's kind of had some, a little bit of knee problems here and there. And, you know, he's not going to try to kill himself for 48 minutes. He really likes to pick his spots now and, he just kind of coasts like you'll even kind of watch him and you're like, is he even into this game? Because he's coasting so much. And, you know, and then he turns it on in like the fourth quarter or at times, you know, throughout the rest of the game, he'll have little stretches where, you know, he could kind of tell his team needs him to either score or to really turn it up, like trying to draw attention and then dish the ball off for uh, some of his amazing assists. But uh, he's doing really well. And then for some reason, Matt Barnes has worked himself into a role with this team. He's averaging 10 points a game. Um, you wouldn't think that he would be a guy that would uh, step up here, but they've had some bad injuries. Chauncey Billups has been coming back from his Achilles injury. Um, you know, Willie Green has been in and out of the lineup. And then they've had Grant Hill, who hasn't even played this season. So, I mean, Grant's going to be uh, a nice addition if he can ever come back and get healthy. Chauncey's not even going to play tonight. Uh, he's been dealing with a foot injury, so... We're going to have to wait to see Chauncey Billups play against the Nuggets as a Clipper this season. How exciting is that? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it kind of stinks. It's fun to watch Chauncey play. It's always uh, kind of good when he – it's not good when he faces the Nuggets. I think he, he killed the Nuggets when he came into Pepsi Center with the Clippers last season before he went out with that Achilles injury. I think he pretty much single-handedly won that game for him by doing what he usually does for Denver, and that's just knock down you know, all sorts of three-pointers. Uh, tonight, look at the DeAndre Jordan-JaVale McGee matchup. If they face each other when, um, you know, I mean, DeAndre obviously starts for the Clippers. Nuggets start in Costa Cufas. But it'd be nice to see DeAndre and McGee face off a little bit. They have similar contracts. They're similar kind of players that rely heavily on their athleticism. But Andre Jordan's starting to round out a little bit. Uh, is more of a more of a complete player. He's starting to you know hit some shots around the paint with his little hooks and whatnot. Javale McGee though, I like what this guy's developing into. He's starting to get a little comfortable with a little fadeaway jumper uh, just around the paint area, and he's really starting to get his body under control when he's rising up for that shot. You know, I mean, you'd see him kind of be off balance a lot of times, but he's really starting to get that uh, that shot going a little bit, and it's it's been nice to see, and it's nice to see him taking that shot. You know, he's, there's been people thinking that he's been pulled out of games for taking jumpers here and there. And I've even thought that. I think he took a jumper the other night out above the foul line. And then he immediately came out of the game. And I, I meant to try to go back and look at what he did defensively a couple possessions before that. Or if he got pulled specifically because of that jumper, because he was only in the game for, 
you know, a minute or something like that before he got pulled for, I believe, Timothy Mozgov, and then he only played seven minutes uh, that night as well. So that was not cool. Not cool, JaVale. Got to get, uh, got to get yourself under control, buddy, and get it going. So we're gonna pull up the Nuggets schedule here as well because they've been playing better lately. I mean, they had that horrific, horrific game. I'm sure Ross, if he was here, would be laughing at uh, the Nuggets. 0 for 22 performance from the three-point line against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that was just that was just terrible basketball. <laughs> and Denver lost that game 101 to 93, and they should have won that game. I mean, the Nuggets scored once outside the paint, one shot, which was like I think Lawson finished the play by standing in the paint, but he released the ball before he got in there. Uh, from out near the foul line, hit a jumper or something. And that was the only bucket that Denver scored outside the paint. 0 for 22 from the three-point line. And it wasn't just like two guys taking shots. Like everybody missed shots. I believe even uh, Yvonne Fournier and Jordan Hamilton got some minutes in that game and, and didn't hit anything from downtown. But, you know, before that, Denver's had a nice little last five games. You know, they, they come home after losing uh, to finish out their road trip where they went, uh, I believe they went two and three. Um uh, on a road trip from December 5th to December 12th, uh, they got kind of roughed up. They uh, lost to the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. They beat the Indiana Pacers in Indy, which I thought was a very impressive win. Uh, they lost to the New York Knicks on December 9th. Uh, and then they went to Detroit, beat the Pistons, and they finished out the road trip on December 12th in Minnesota, lost that game. Uh, and then recently, you know, the Nuggets kind of returned home for a game at the Pepsi Center and then a game on the road. They beat Memphis at home, 99-94. Very good win. A lot of people like how Denver matches up against the Grizzlies and think that that would be a good playoff series. And that playoff series really scared me until, you know, I thought Memphis was playing really well this season. And then when the Nuggets went into Memphis and beat them and then beat them at home, you know, before Denver played them, I was like, I didn't think they matched up well because Memphis took care of Denver last season. I believe they played three or four times, and the Nuggets didn't beat them at all. It was the only playoff team in the Western Conference that Denver did not beat during the regular season. So I didn't think that that would be a good matchup, but it looks okay now. Nuggets 2-0 against Memphis, and then uh, on December 16th, they played the Sacramento Kings. They beat them down in California, 122-97. to then they came home on December the 18th, played the Spurs. The Spurs kicked the Nuggets' butts down in Texas uh, a little earlier in the season. believe they won that game. Let's take a, take a little gander at how ugly that one got. Nuggets played November 17th in San Antonio and lost 126 to 100. And then the, the Spurs came in here. They had a, it was a second of a back to back, but the Nuggets took care of them. It was 112 to 106. And the Spurs, you know, Manu didn't play the game before, and they came out, and they wanted to win that game. I mean, uh, Greg Popovich played his starters into the fourth quarter, went for the win, did not get it. They got very close, and then Nuggets pulled away at the end. Uh, and then Denver went up to Portland, lost that game 101-93. to And the Nuggets' most recent game, December 22nd, which was basically a glorified practice against the Charlotte Bobcats. Denver won that one 110-88. to now we're now they're going to LA playing the Clippers tonight, and then the dumbest thing that I've ever seen a schedule maker do in the NBA: Nuggets play tonight in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Then they have to fly home after the game, and it's a late game too. This is an eight thirty ESPN game. 
So that game's not going to get over until, you know, well past midnight in Los Angeles. They fly back here. They lose the time. You know, it's going to go ahead an hour or whatever the heck the time difference is. They're going to get in here very late. They got to wake up and they're playing the Lakers tomorrow night at seven o'clock in Denver. So you're going to Los Angeles to play the Clippers. And then the next night you're playing Los Angeles Lakers in Denver. Why not just stay in Los Angeles and play the damn Lakers on their home floor? And then take one of the games later in the season and just make that one in Denver. Let's deal with this. I don't understand it. It's terrible. It's terrible schedule making. It's dumb. And the game's not even on, it's not even on national TV. Like, let's just put that one on national TV. Why not? You figured it would be too because it's a second of a back-to-back for the Nuggets and they're going to be playing a quality opponent. So you'd think, oh yeah, let's put that on national TV and watch the rested. Well, I guess, I guess the Lakers are playing today, but they're playing early. And they're playing at home. So they can travel to Denver whenever. Maybe they'll travel on a plane together. Maybe the Nuggets and the Lakers will travel to Denver together tonight. That would be a nice Christmassy thing to do, wouldn't it? They could have a nice little card game on the plane. Kobe Bryant and Andre Iguodala could talk about how they're going to defend each other tomorrow night. Ty Lawson could get some tips from Steve Nash on you know, passing the ball and what he can do in the pick-and-roll situations, maybe how not to turn the ball over late in games. That'd be good. Dwight Howard could talk about how his back hurts to JaVale McGee. JaVale could slap him in the face a few times. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Show that to me on some NBA association. I don't really know what that means. but Anyways, Denver Nuggets in Los Angeles to play the Clippers. Uh, Clippers 12 and 3 at home on the season, Denver 7 and 12 on the road. So, you know, it is what it is for the Nuggets right now. They're kind of the team, uh, they are who we thought they were, which is a basketball team. And they're playing pretty decent basketball at that. Crazy home and away against LA teams, blah, blah, blah. I've already said this like 40 times. The other kind of thing to note, if the playoffs started today, it's one of the funnest things to say, right? If the playoffs started today, the Nuggets would face the Clippers. Well, guess what? They don't start today because the Nuggets have only played about 30 games. So let's wait for the other 50 and see who they might play. But anyways, that's, uh, that's it for the old Nuggety talk. We're going to come back. I'm going to come back. Ross Martin with us in spirit. Traveling to Los Angeles to watch that Nuggets Clippers game tonight at Staples Center. Uh, you know, he always said that he was a big, uh, big fan of watching road games for the Nuggets. So we sent him on the road. You know, we said, hit the road, Ross. And don't you come back. Tell the Nuggets win. Tell the Nuggets win. Tell the Nuggets win. So Ross is going to stay on the road until the Nuggets get another victory on the road. That'll be nice for us. We're going to come back, dive into a little Broncos football, talk about that win over the Browns and the big game coming up against the Chiefs right after this.
Yeah! A little Run DMC Christmas in Hollands. Coming at you, Nate Timmons doing the Carlos Sports Guys podcast number 86. All by myself. Ross Martin on assignment somewhere in Los Angeles trying to find the Staples Center. I don't know if he's going to be able to find it. And if he does get there, I don't know how he's going to get tickets. That's the other thing. We didn't, we didn't set him up with tickets. We didn't really do anything to help him out. And by we, I mean me and him. We just sent him off on the road. Jingle bells, jingle bells all the way home, Ross. Have fun, buddy. Have fun trying to get into that game at Staples Center where they turn the lights down low and you get to see all the celebrities in L.A. at the Clippers games. Like Billy Crystal, who's going to be starring in one of the worst movies of all time. They came out today. I don't even know what it's called. That Holiday Advice. It's a him and Bette Midler and that chick from uh, my cousin Vinny. Marissa Tomei, George Costanza loves her, right? The wrestler, he loved her too. Couldn't have her though. He decided to dive into a ring and die of a heart attack, I think. I think he died in the ring. Anyways, uh, Denver Broncos football. Broncos football. One, two, three, go Broncos. Denver played the old Cleveland Browns. We sent a couple of uh, loyal listeners to the game to see that one. I believe it was Ryan and Kevin. Hope you guys enjoyed the contest Broncos thoroughly kicked the Browns' butts. Denver scored on in every quarter of that game. Touchdown in the first, touchdown in the second, touchdown in the third, touchdown in the fourth, a couple field goals along the way, you know, 34-12. to 12. Nice little beat down of the Browns. Uh, the Browns' rookie quarterback, Brandon Whedon, he got injured in that game. Two sacks by the Broncos. They, uh, they put him out. Uh, Colt McBoy came in, Colt McCoy. Uh, ceremoniously benched for a 29-year-old rookie to start the season. That had to feel good. You know, you're a high draft pick of the Browns. Then they go out and spend a first-round pick on a uh, aging rookie quarterback at Oklahoma State. So that had to feel nice for him to be replaced by Whedon. Uh, Whedon didn't fare too well against Denver, neither did McCoy. They finished 21 of 36 passing. They got sacked six times by the Broncos. Denver did pretty much anything they wanted to in that game. Uh, Peyton Manning, 30 of 43 passing, 339 yards, three touchdowns. He had that one silly interception. Uh, oh, it was just so silly. Uh, he had that one crazy interception uh, right towards the end of the first half where Denver was threatening to score once again and really put the game out of reach, either get the touchdown or a field goal. And uh, Peyton threw a pass that was picked off in the end zone by a diving Browns player. I want to see who that guy was. Let's see. Uh, you Young. What is your first name, Mr. Young? Uh, Usama Young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Usama Young. Uh, some nice dreads. And that young man, he picked it off. Diving interception and the ball, I thought. I was watching this game at a sports bar with a bunch of my buddies. We are enjoying some uh, couple beers, some great food. At a local establishment over on the I-25 in Arapahoe area. Wonderful new uh, sports bar over there called uh, Twin Peaks. Great little place. But this guy, he, he caught the ball diving, and that ball hit the ground. Like You know, it's one of those new rules where the ball can hit the ground as long as you maintain control and kind of have, 
you know, so they're allowing the ball to hit the ground now, which I don't know. I guess not now. It's been a few years, but I mean, doesn't that seem like the opposite of a catch? Like if any part of the ball hits the ground, shouldn't that be no catch because that's assisted? Anyway, if it went the other way and that happened to the Broncos, would I want that to be counted as interception? You're damn right I would because it would have been an interception. But uh, anyway, uh, so Peyton had that one uh, silly interception. Didn't really end up costing Denver at all. Uh, Trendon Holiday, uh, he he fumbled on the day. Same with our sure-handed guy, Mr. Uh, Justin Leonard. I believe that's his name. Jim Leonard. Sorry about that, Jimbo. Jim Leonard, our sure-handed return man, who probably is slower than I am at this point in his career, which is very slow. He fumbled as well. So that wasn't good. Broncos got to shore up that special team stuff, man. They can't be having uh, fumbles in the playoffs on any kind of special teams performance. No Sean Moreno. Once again, pretty decent game out of him. 78 yards, 22 carries. I liked what Ronnie Hillman was able to do. Saw him actually turn a corner a couple of times. And it was kind of funny. I was watching the game with my buddy who was playing in the fantasy football Super Bowl, Hunter. And he, he filled me in that this was his fourth Super Bowl in eight seasons of his league. And he was 0-3 in the Super Bowl. And he was going to go 0-4 once again because he was down by like a bajillion points, whatever. But he had no Sean Moreno. And the Broncos got the ball down um, sometime in the second half down to like the, I don't know, whatever yard line. Whatever yard line. <laughs> it was just some great great podcast information for everybody uh, out there trying to listen to this thing. And I've somehow frozen my computer up. That's not good. Where the heck is that? There we go. In the fourth quarter, Jacob Hester, the Broncos got the ball down to the one-yard line. Uh, Jacob Hester, of course, took it in for the touchdown. My buddy had no Sean Moreno, and I was like, hey, like when the Broncos got it down there to the one, I was like, yeah, it's no Sean territory. He's like, all right, man, like maybe he's got a chance in the Super Bowl. And then Denver did what fantasy owners hate. They put in a very little-known running back that uh, not a lot of people have. Jacob Hester, of course, the former LSU product, very productive college career little wishy-washy, bounced around a little bit in the NFL so far. But, uh, you know, Denver handed it to him, and he took it in for the touchdown. Probably helped nobody out there who was playing in their Super Bowl on Week 16 of Fantasy Football Land, but it was good for the Broncos. It's kind of funny. I got to laugh at my buddy who was wearing a Von Miller jersey. And we actually even saw there was a table next to us where a guy was wearing a Cleveland Browns hat. And this whole table of guys looked like they were straight out of, like, 19 either 1989 or 1993. Like one guy was bald with like a bad comb over and he was wearing this uh, polo, white polo striped shirt with a mustache. He looked terrible. Uh, there's another guy, uh, big guy in a Browns hat, but it wasn't like a regular Cleveland Browns hat. It's one of those like old snapback hats that have become popular again. But this one was not recently purchased. He got this one back in the day and he's just been wearing it forever. I bet that thing stinks up to high heaven. You got to put that thing in dishwasher every once in a while. Clean it off, buddy. But these guys were all older as well, uh, probably easily in their 50s. Uh, the Browns fan actually came over and was trying to talk with my buddy before the game about, uh, I don't know what they're talking about, maybe fancy football, who knows. But anyways, it was just kind of funny seeing a Browns fan. It was kind of like a couple years ago when Detroit was good and you started seeing these you know, Lions jerseys popping up around Denver at uh, like Jackson's and stuff when we go watch football on Sundays. It's like... Look, buddy, everybody knows, you know, <laughs> it's not like the Browns are even good, though. So this guy was probably a true fan. The, those Lions fans were just, it's like, hey, we all know that you guys are huge bandwagon fans. Like, you never would have worn, you know, these Lions jerseys around. And all the Lions jerseys you saw were, like, in Dominica, uh, 
or whoever their quarterback is, that one guy with the hair. <laughs> what is that guy's name? Who's your quarterback? Oh, God, I could see him. Played at Georgia. I don't know. Whatever his name is. People are wearing that guy's freaking jersey around. What is that guy's name? Now I'm going to have to look. Now I got to look. This is just annoying. Sorry, folks. I got I to gotta figure out who that guy is. Try it on the old uh, tip of the tongue. Yep, but, uh, people are listening right now. You're shouting his name out because I do that when stupid people can't remember stuff that I know as a listener. Uh, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford of Detroit. Saw a lot of his jerseys rocking around Denver. Almost just an abomination. But uh, this is just another game where, you know, coming in, Broncos, uh, of course, 11-3 and at the time, 6-1 uh, and at home, playing very good football. They go to 12-3, and but, you know, I came into this game, I did have a little worry. You know, me and Ross kind of talked about it last week about, you know, maybe a trap game for Denver or, you know, could Cleveland do anything here? Because Cleveland, you know, they're just 5-10. and They've won one game away from uh, their home all season. But they have, they've had some some decent wins this year out of those five, I think, right? Yeah, they beat the Bengals. Uh, they've beaten the Chargers, who hasn't. They beat Pittsburgh recently, uh, November 25th. Um, and, and they beat, okay, I guess just Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh and the Bengals are the only good teams they've beat. God, it felt like they're in some other games, you know? I guess not. They stink. So I shouldn't have been worried about that at all. Hmm, interesting. All right, so Cleveland stinks. Uh, Broncos now, they have uh, one game left. I mean, that was just a big win. Nice nice win, you know, come home, seal it up early, just kind of breeze through, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, Brock Osweiler got a little time. We were all sitting around thinking, are they going to let this guy throw a pass? I'd love to see him throw a pass. Uh, no, he did not get a chance to throw a pass, uh, so we got to wait for that. But Denver now has a very interesting end of their season coming up here. You know, they got the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Chiefs... Not very good, you know. That's just the way it goes for Kansas City. They're 2-13. and 13. Kansas City would much rather lose this game and just take the number one overall pick and hopefully blow it on a quarterback because God knows they haven't drafted a good quarterback in ages. I believe the last quarterback they drafted that had significant playing time was Todd Blackledge or something. And they've, I've talked about that before. They just keep rotating in free agents from... Basically, the San Francisco 49ers. Alex Smith will probably be starting for Kansas City next season now that Colin Kaepernick has uh, taken over that job. By the way, Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson had a phenomenal game to watch. 49ers and Seahawks. That was a, yeah, the Niners got kind of crushed in that one, but it was, it's fun to watch those, those two guys play a uh, little foosball. I enjoyed it. So Denver's got the two and 13 Chiefs coming in. They hopefully will finish with complete opposite records. Denver hopefully is going to, you know, go ahead and get that 13th win. Kansas City hopefully will go ahead and take their 13th loss because they need it. Um, looking forward to this game because it's another home one. It's another game that Denver should come out and just dominate. And, you know, hopefully Brock Osweiler is going to get a little PT and we're going to get to see him uh, throw his first pass. Maybe he's throwing a pass already, but I haven't seen him throw a pass yet in an actual game. So that'd be kind of cool. And uh, the cool, another cool thing. You know what's cool? Uh, another cool thing here, uh, Houston. Dropping the ball. Dropping the ball big time. They lost last weekend. They got their butts kicked. I thought they played, yeah, 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 they lost that one. Uh, I was hoping that they would have beat the Colts 
Uh, very weird. They're going to play the Colts two of their last three games. It's always hard to beat a team twice, right? So we got to hope that, um, anyway, so they played the Colts. They beat, beat them 29 to 17, uh, last week in week 15. And then this past weekend, they played, uh, at home against the Vikings. The Vikings went in and destroyed them 23 to 6. So that's going to drop Houston. That dropped Houston down to the same record as Denver. They're both 12 and 3. Broncos playing at home against the lowly Kansas City Chiefs. Houston has to play on the road against the Colts, a team they beat, uh, you know, in their two games ago. But they got to play them on the road in Indianapolis. The Colts are 10 and 5, and they need to secure their playoff spot. So, you know, like the Broncos are playing a team that has nothing to play for, the Colts have something to play for. If Indianapolis can somehow win that game and the Broncos win their game, Denver's got a locked up number one seed in the postseason, and that is huge. That means that the uh, first game that they'll play will be at home, and that also means if they win that game and play the eight, who am I kidding? Ross would say that. What do you mean if? What do you mean if? If the Broncos go ahead and win their first, when the Broncos win their first playoff game, that they would also play the AFC Championship game at home, which is huge in the NFL. Instead of having to go, you know, perhaps to Houston, I still even think if Houston, if Houston locks up the number one seed with a win against the Colts because they own the head-to-head tiebreaker against Denver, if they have the number one seed, I think they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, they'll get a bye, and then the second round of the playoffs when they play their first game at Reliant Stadium, I think they're going to lose. I think any way it plays out that Denver is going to be able to play the AFC Championship game in Denver. And I know Ross probably feels that same way. But, uh, you know, Houston's just not, they're not having a good end of the year. They're not, uh, you know, like Denver. Denver is hot. They've won a whole lot of football games in a row. A whole mess of them. Houston has been very up and down. Very up and down. I want to go to the playoff standings here. So, I mean, Denver could really get in here. And uh, what am I talking about? Denver could really get in there. Denver's finished this season the right way. The right way. The absolute right way. They're hot. They haven't totally peaked yet, I don't think. I think they're still getting better. But I don't think Houston is. I think Houston is starting to get some doubt. They're starting to have a little doubt in their game. They don't really know what's going on. Broncos, God, the Broncos won 10 in a row. That's just amazing. I'd much rather be the Broncos than Houston right now. And I think fans probably feel the same way. You know, the Texans is looking like the invincible Houston Texans are not all that invincible. And the real key thing, if Denver could get that number one seed, is they would more than likely avoid having to play New England. Because in the NFL, they reseed after each playoff game. So the Broncos wouldn't just get to face, you know, whatever team was bracketed to face them. They would face the toughest seed as a two seed. But as the one seed, they would face the lowest seed possible. So it's gonna it's gonna be very 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 good very very it's gonna be it's gonna be very very good. <laughs> so it's gonna be either New England, Baltimore, Indianapolis, or Cincinnati. Uh, Denver has beaten Cincinnati already this year. Denver has beaten Baltimore already this year. Denver lost to New England very early in the season when the Broncos weren't even. They didn't even have their mo's yet, as my boy would say in Hustle and Flow. They didn't have the mode yet. 
Uh, and then Indianapolis Broncos haven't played. That's that would be a, a ratings just that would be crazy. People's heads would explode. The media would just you know crap themselves to be able to have that game be the first Denver playoff game. Indianapolis coming to Denver would just have huge ratings for this whole Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning versus Colts type thing. So anyway, Broncos, nice win. Uh, you know, lock things up against the Chiefs. I don't want to look too far ahead, but I would love to see, and I think everybody would love to see Houston lose, Denver win, Broncos lock up the number one seed, get all their playoff games at home uh, until the Super Bowl, and then you know also hopefully avoid New England in the process. I feel very confident about Denver against Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati. Uh, I, I think the Broncos should be confident against the Patriots as well. There's no reason to think that they would lose that game. It would just be a, a more difficult matchup because of the whole, you know, Tom Brady playoff tested coaching staff, whatever, whatever. But it'd be a good game. And somebody pointed this out the other day. Uh, I believe it was actually Bill Burr on his podcast. The last time the Broncos went to the AFC Championship game was with Jake Plummer, and they lost to Pittsburgh. But the game before that, the, the Broncos beat the New England Patriots in the playoffs. That was that game, I believe, I think that was the game where Champ Bailey had that insane like 99-yard interception or fumble return for a touchdown, whatever it was. And then um, the Colorado dude, Graham, chased him down. There's that whole fumble fiasco. Was it a fumble? Did he score? Bye, it was ruled a touchdown. But... Um, New England before that had won three out of four Super Bowls, and that Broncos team beat that Patriots team, pretty much ended that little dynasty that they had. They, I don't think they've won a Super Bowl since then. Uh, right? Am I right? Anybody? Back checkers? So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the Broncos have beaten the Patriots in big games before. Yes, they lost to them in the playoffs last year, but Denver was not a complete football team last year. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, the offense was just a shell of what it is now. It's completely revamped. Peyton Manning is getting MVP talk with Adrian Peterson for the NFL. Broncos are in great hands. Season is ending very well. It's all looking good. They got to win that game. Come on, Broncos. Let's go. Where are they going? Where are they going? <laughs> all right, so that's what we got there. Uh, I'm going to run through our, uh, our, our gamblers on the storm. We recorded late last week because of a scheduling issue that uh, I brought forth to Ross very late. We recorded last week on Wednesday. We didn't get to do our gamblers on the storm, but we did make all of our picks. So I'm going to go through week 15 and week 16 quickly here and just tell you the results. Uh, Ross is going to be very upset that he wasn't here. Uh, week 15. Ross won week 15. He went 11 and 5. I went 10 and 6. So kudos to Ross for uh, taking home the week 15 title. Ross's overall record now 129 and 94. I was at 144 and 79 after week 15. And then last week, week 16, we tied. Ross went 11 and 5, as did I. Ross's total now on the season, gambling on these games. We're not going against the spread. We're going to do that next year, I think. 140 and 99 for Ross. That is freaking impressive. And I am 155 and 84. We need to go to Vegas and start betting these games. We can make a living out there. I'd grow my hair out. I'd slick it back like Pat Riley. I'd wear suits all the time. I'd probably have three or four gold rings on, and we would just dominate. Just dominate people out there. Just gamble ourselves away. I don't know what Ross would do. Ross would probably grow his hair permit. I can see Ross getting a perm, and then he would probably rock an Adidas 
jumpsuit sweatsuit with a big gold chain and probably some white Adidas as well, or maybe white leather shoes. I don't know what he would do. So that's going to do it for us on this podcast or for me. Once again, by myself, did this one. Kind of difficult, very Bill Burr-esque. Went at it alone, tackled it. I don't know if it was any good. Probably not as good as me and Ross doing because, let's face it, me and Ross have a nice little uh, dynamic going when we get in here and do these podcasts. Right? Am I right? I can say that, right? Plants, Christmas tree, whatever. But uh, everybody, remember, uh, go f- go find us out there. Uh, go to carhousesportsguys.com. Click on our Amazon banner if you want to help us out. Do your normal shopping. Find us on Twitter, C-O-L-O Sports Guys. You can call us, leave us voicemail, 720-722-1274. Find us on Facebook, Colorado Sports Guys as well. Interact with us any of those uh, kinds of ways. We'll be back next week with Mr. Ross Martin himself if he can get himself back from Los Angeles after this Nuggets-Clippers game. Let's go, Broncos. Try to wrap up that number one seed. We'll be back talking with you guys. Hopefully later. Maybe we'll do Gamblers on the Storm. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just be back next week. Who knows? But everybody out there, have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hug your family. Give your aunt one of those kisses that she always wants, your grandmother. Shake your grandfather's hand. Give him a hug, too. Your dads, your uncles, whoever out there. Your friends. If you're hanging out with your friends, enjoy it. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you guys very soon. Let's leave it off with a little loot of Christmas. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's a great song, man. Ludacris. <laughs> I'm mad here. Everybody see you next week. I tell them all I want for Christmas is two gold front teeth and ten carat diamonds on a fat gold wreath that I can wear around my neck. Get money and respect. Tell Santa Claus to bring a ten million dollar check so I can spread a little cheer. Fly a couple lears. Eat a little chicken. Drink a couple beers. Kick back and just chill like a player would do. Remix all the Christmas carols and I'll play them for you. Luda! Turn it up until I wake up all the neighbors. They say that I'm a nuisance, but I I say they all some haters. Just because I'm poor, they always calling me a faker. And cause my Christmas tree's decorated in toilet paper. But little do they know, they about to see a show. Cause when they come up out the house, I'm gonna blast them with some snow. Frosty's never seen nothing quite like this. And St. Nick's never seen nothing quite like Chris. So, um. Come Nuts roasting on the fire in the hills, but down below we firing up the bar.
barbecue grills, ice skating in the driveway. I'ma do it my way. Eggnog's got daddy swerving on the highway. Chains on the tire, ice up on the window. 10 degrees Fahrenheit, freezing as the wind blows. Help me take my boots off and my snow suit off. Get up in the house and my nose is redder than Rudolph's. I think I need some help with the buckle on my belt. And if Santa doesn't show, I want his cookies and his milk. Tell him I need a jacket, new Jordans and an Xbox. New suits for church and a couple pairs of dress socks. Stuff my stocking with Jolly Ranchers and candy canes. Invite my aunties and uncles, let's do the family thing. Meanwhile, I'm hoping Santa got my wish list. So I can wake up to a very merry Christmas. Come Santa Claus, come Santa Claus, down Santa Claus, Fred, And then the jingle bells rock. rock. Santa never sings the jingle bells on my block. I hear he's making that list. list. Taking the thing twice. twice. I guess it's probably because I've been naughty, not nice. But I'm going to straighten up my act. Get up on track. Make a couple bucks and buy mama a Cadillac. And then maybe Santa Claus will come around my way. So all the kids on my block can look up and say, hey. Come Santa Claus. Come Santa Claus. Down Santa Claus. Tread, 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 tread. 